Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast uh, with myself, John Norman, Jarrah Kimber, brought to you by Talk Sports. And for the second day in a row, the backdrop of the Barmy Army. I'm not sure they've got much to sing about, but that's never stopped them before. In fact, that's kind of where it all started in 1994. Either way, thanks for listening. This is a following on podcast and we're about to get underway. So a uh, chastening day, I suppose, for England. Not that you'd know it. Um, Australia, who were decisively out of this match on two occasions, are now decisively in it. Uh, England uh, forced to look forward to day five on a wearing uh, pitch for those playing and those watching. And hopefully they can get through three sessions unscathed. Uh, the fact that Nathan Lyon took the new ball suggests that might be a little bit of a task that might be beyond their reach. But we shall see. 13 without loss at Stumps. And, uh, well, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, either way, it's myself and Jarrah Kimber to take a look back at the day's action. Player of the day. Well, it can't be Steve Smith again, can it? Jarrah, please tell me it's not Steve Smith. Please. Well, your notes say Matthew Wade, but there's no way that Matthew Wade is the player. Hey, at least I've got notes. That is true. I did forget to take notes today. But uh, it can't be Matthew Wade. I, I thought he played very well, although I think we saw his limitations at times as well. Some of those reverse sweeps. It looked like he'd never played one before. But um, he did go on and get his 100, and you've got to give him a lot of respect. Last time he was in test cricket, he didn't look like he could bat. So to come back here in his comeback test and do great. But he's not Steve Smith, is he? I was just watching, as you, as you were mumbling your way through all those intros, mm. I was watching Steve Smith talking to Ian Ward down on the, I don't know what they call that, the, their mobile Ashes screen? The big TV? The, the big TV, well that's the technical name anyway. And I'm just watching Steve Smith go through, and I've heard Steve Smith like, explain his way through 
innings and shots and, and, and things before. It's very much like listening to LeBron James talk. I mean, there's a great moment uh, where they, uh, they talked to LeBron James about a three-point shot that he didn't take, and he did a pass to Kyle Corver. And he literally took the, the people, everyone that was interviewing him, through where every player on the court was at all times, from the moment he had the ball to when he first dribbled to when, he'd first, when he finally decided to pass it. So I, you see that with Smith as well. Smith can probably tell you where the sweat was on the eyebrow of the bowler as he came into bowls, you know, different balls. And I think that the difference of, of a Steve Smith to other players is just almost immeasurable. He's that much better than everyone else. And I think we've seen that in this test. Twice he's come into the crease when Australia looks like, looked like losing this test. And twice he's played two match-winning innings, perhaps, or at least match-saving innings, in the same match. Phenomenal. I mean, how could it not be player of the day? Your notes should just take a leap. Your notes are wrong. I'm not going to disagree, actually. I said on air that uh, it was a 10-man England devoid of Jimmy Anderson against an 11-man Australia, but an 11-man team that uh, included one super, superhero. He is superhuman. I cannot remember in the history of the game, um, in my living memory, that is, where I've seen a guy that looks so dominant. Um, maybe Graham Gooch for a period of time, Aside from that, I mean, Virat Kohli at home, possibly, but to play like this away from home at, in an Ashes series and to have done so for the best part of four years, I, I just can't think of a parallel in the modern era. But behind you, as. But we, Matthew Wade is a player of the day. <laughs> but behind you, as we were talking then, um, Shane Warne was, was out on the balcony with us. As good as Shane Warne was, was he ever as good as Steve Smith has been in this test? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe yeah, but, but there's a difference between a bowler and a batsman, isn't there? You can take the bowler out the equation. The batsman has to stay there. The bowler has another opportunity. If, a, if, if he goes to six sixes or she goes to six sixes, they've got another opportunity. I have never seen nine fielders on the boundary on day one of a test match when the team is nine down, like we saw on day one against Steve Smith. The guy... It appears to me is playing on a level which you forget the forget the big four. Steve Smith is so far ahead of everybody else. There is no big four. The big four are dead. There is just the one, and his name is Stephen Smith. Player of the day is Matthew Wade, yeah. Yes. Story of the day. With Stephen Smith, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I think you have. No, I don't think it is. I think the story of the day is Australia have come back, and they are in a position of complete dominance despite the fact that uh, they were in the positions that we've talked about already I think that's the story of the day there's only one team that can win this match now we've had three days of evenly fought cricket and now Australia have been on the ropes twice they've come back and now it's down to England to show that they too can climb off the ropes I think the story of the day is probably that Jimmy Anderson wasn't fit and there was obviously something wrong with Chris Wokes and Mo and Ali wasn't very good. But um, also, I think you have to give a, a lot of credit to Head and Wade. I'm not sure either of them are long-term test match batsmen. Um, yeah, a lot of pressure on both of them. I know Head's only young, but you know, I'm not sure he's quite developed his, his game. I'm not sure he understands his game perfectly at the moment. And Wade is you know, a player with a lot of technical faults um, who, who seems to go through incredible patches of form up and down um, and I thought you know that they did very well today it's still not an easy wicket to bat on I don't think it's a tricky odd thing it's a you know Harmy's sort of CEO pitch I get where he's coming from well when uh, when when it's seamers 
it is a CO, CO pitch. But I mean, you know, it's one thing to face Nathan Lyon. It's another to face a mixture of Joe Root, Joe Denley and Moeen Alley with some mad cap fields at strange times of day with no scoreboard pressure. Yes, it is. Maybe that's the story of the day. Maybe the story of the day is all of these things we've said. Uh, ball of the day uh, came in the first over of the day, I'd say. Uh, Moeen Alley entrusted with the ball. Uh, it wasn't to last long. He was, I don't think he bowled as many overs as Joe Root and Joe Denley. Uh, ball three of the over. Surely the only way to get Steve Smith out is to for the umpires not to call no ball and to allow essentially what was... Um, he lobbed Steve Smith, didn't he, from 22 yards. And Johnny Bairstow was so surprised he forgot to stump him. Yeah, I was going to go ball of the day. It was the one that Mo got right, which was the one that ripped back through. Who did he bowl? Tim Payne. Yeah, the one he ripped back through, Tim, Tim Payne. Incredible off-spinning delivery. As much as anything, because Nathan Lyon must have been watching it going, wow. Imagine if, if I did that all day rather than just one ball and bowl, not one full toss, but two full tosses for Moen Ali. Um, he, he should have been red carded and sent home. Uh, it, it was terrible. I think Joe Root probably also bowled some of the balls today. It's not a bad wicket for finger spinners. Even Joe Denley um, got some out of the turn, it, uh, some out of the rough to really rip back and turn. And um, Not a bad wicket for spinners, and England tried a lot of them. Just watching Jeff Lemon now interviewing Steve Smith, and he's got that look of a paternal kind of like proud granddad. Despite the fact he's probably younger than Smith, I'm not sure of the age difference, but certainly not 50 years older than Smith. But he's just got that look on him, hasn't he, Jeff? You'd like to uh, you'd like to sit by the fire with Jeff Lemon and him read you a story or two before bedtime. Hot milk story bed with Jeff Lemon. That surely is going to be a program one day. Uh, only one nomination for shot of the day today. Uh, Tim Payne's square cut for six, which everyone thought had gone for four from the bowling of Ben Stokes. And he followed it up with a lovely on-drive. Uh, ten runs, two balls. And, uh, yeah, Tim Payne showed exactly uh, where Australia were heading. Although it was a little bizarre that they, they kept the declaration back as long as they did. It's a really good um, cut shot from Matthew Wade, which I think in some ways showed how... He would go out to a better spinner, but when Joe Denley was bowling um, his leg spin around the wicket into the footholes, he went back and hit it very, a very straight shot. I think early in his career would have hit it square, but it went almost through cover point, uh, sorry, through extra cover, almost towards mid-off. It was a beautiful shot. Uh, I really liked that. Also, there was a couple of um, big hits from the tail enders at the end, some lovely shots from Cummins and also from Pattinson. I think that Pattinson would be one of my favourite all-rounders, sorry, not all-rounders, one of my favourite tail enders in the world, but he's a bit squatty. I have trouble really enjoying watching squatty batsmen. There's a whole show based on that coming. Anodyne press conference, moment of the day. Over to you, Steve Smith. Well, you've got to keep believing. You've got to keep trying to play the game as it comes and, and not think too far ahead. And fortunately, we're able to um, you know, work really hard as a team and, and get ourselves in the position we are now um, with an opportunity to win the first Ashes Test match. It's, uh, it's extremely special. Um, I've never scored 100 in both innings in any form of cricket before in my life. So to be able to do it in my, my first game back and in an Ashes Test match, um, knowing how important the first Ashes Test is of the series, um, I'm pleased, but um, yeah, we're in a great position now and hopefully we can make full use of that tomorrow. Uh, I think we 
we gained a lot of momentum yesterday, I think. Um, I thought Usman played a really good innings, um, came out really positively, and I think that's where the momentum kind of changed. Um, and then Travis Head was really good today, uh, and then Matthew Wade was, was exceptional. Um, you know, he's, he's worked incredibly hard the last couple of years since he got dropped, and, you know, he just scored a truckload of runs in shield cricket, and I think he scored 400 since he's been here in the UK with the the Aussie A team and, and this knock today. So, you know, he's been batting incredibly well and, you know, you like to see those those kind of things. Guys go back, work hard on their game and and be able to come out and score an Ashes 100. Um, I'm really proud of him. Rant of the day. What was Joe Root doing today? Captaincy-wise, um, his decision to bring himself on first over after T. He whipped Moeen Ali out of the attack after six overs and then brought on Joe Denley, who had then bowled more overs than Moeen Ali. Um, we didn't see Chris Wokes in that morning session. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt on that, because it may be that he's just protecting uh, Wokes' knee. Um, and then he seemed to overbowl Ben Stokes in the evening session. I think Stokes ended up bowling 22 overs today. Uh, that was probably five too many. Uh, I don't know about uh, the way that Joe Root has gone about his treatment of his spinners over the last few years. Adil Rashid is out this side, uh, will never, ever come back under Joe Root. And uh, you've got to say, Moeen Ali, um, the protection afforded to him on the field yesterday and today, the fact that he bowled himself and Joe Denley ahead of Ali suggests that uh, he's, got, he's not got the backing of his captain. I thought it was a little bit strange from Joe Root today at times. I mean, Joe Root bowled better than Moen Ali. I, I think that's why he bowled more. I mean, there was a period where they didn't take the new ball because um, Joe Root was bowling so well to Wade that they kept they, he kept himself on because he wasn't far away from the wicket. And at the other end, Wade was having no problem with the off spin of Moen Ali because he couldn't put it in the same in, in, in the right area. So I don't have any problems with that. Um, he's a, he's a fast bowler down, and he was almost a frontline spinner down at times. He he did what he had to do. Yeah, he overbowled Ben Stokes, but there weren't many people left out on the field. Um, you know, a little bit disappointing that I didn't get to see what Jason Roy bowls. But you know, I, I think that it, it was an imperfect day. Um, they basically all you could do as a seamer is kind of bang it in and hope that the wicket play, you know, held the ball up a little bit or bowl cutters. There's not much in it for the, the seam bowlers. It had to be a day where your frontline spinner stood up, and he didn't. And I thought Root bowled okay. Um, I thought it was one of the better spells I've seen from Denley at times in the middle there. But realistically, they're both part-timers, and they can only keep the pressure on for so long. If Root was even slightly better... And he probably is more talented, but he doesn't get enough time to work on his spin. But if he's slightly better, I think he probably takes Wade for around 50. Um, and England maybe was still in with a chance of running through the end. And then, um, but you know, then Steve Smith just would have made more runs because he needed to. I mean, he made the exact amount of runs that he needed to make because um, that's how his algorithm works. Root and Denley combined 26 overs, two maidens, naught for 122. Murray and Ali, 29 overs, one maiden, two for 130. That will be a debate that will continue for the next week or so. Unluckiest of the day. It's probably Travis Head. He gets himself in. You know, as I said before, he's a, bit of a, he's a young player. And there's a lot of people who say that he's a bit loose outside off stump. I actually think that's the way he plays and he's at his absolute best. And then he gets a bit of a slower ball from, from um, Stokes. It's not, you know, it's dragged down a little bit. There's nothing that special about the ball, and it was completely there to cut. I hate when people say, oh, look, it's a short wide one, he shouldn't be chasing that. Well, that's what you do with short wide balls. If, if, if it's a strength of yours, you try and hit them. He gets an edge to it. The edge only just carries because it's a slower ball. Then we get a replay, and Ben Stokes' foot is about, what, 
a millimetre from being a back foot no ball as well, you know, on the return crease. And it made a lot of us spend a lot of time researching the uh, back foot no ball law and playing condition just in case there was something different there. Um, so in many different ways, Travis said, it seems a little bit unlucky there, but I think it was very good for him. It shows what a good player he is of spin. I know that England spinners didn't bowl particularly well, but I thought he looked exceptional against spin today. Um, and I thought he was the unluckiest player of the day. Who have you got? Uh, I'll, I'll go with you on uh, head. I thought he played well in the first innings as well. But I will go with Joe Denley, who came very, very close to wickets today. Uh, he's never taken a test wicket. Could have had Travis Head stumped, but Johnny Bairstow made a mistake behind the wicket. Uh, he could have had somebody else, Patrick Cummins, um, caught at extra cover, but Rory Burns put down a really, really tough chance. And uh, there was another opportunity later in the day when a, a uh, attempted straight drive just evaded his hands it kind of looped up back past the bowler so I'll say Joe Denley was uh, quite unlucky today he bowled some good deliveries some wicket taking deliveries he spun the ball a lot as you would expect from a leggy uh, and he didn't get his just rewards See, I don't think he usually does spin the ball. It was one thing I was very impressed with him today is he did spin it. Now, part of the reason was because he had the foot marks as well. Exactly. And that does help. But I also think he was getting through his action a bit more. My biggest problem with him is he basically bowls straight breaks and everyone in the world in T20 tries to hit him across the line and misses them. Whereas I thought today there was a lot more to be impressed about his bowling. Um, I'm still not sure he's ever going to be anywhere near. I don't think he's as good a bowler as Joe Root. Um, But, you know, he's handy. And today he was handy. And I think he probably should have got a wicket or two today. Hey, that means we agree. Yeah, but Travis Head was obviously the unlucky player of the day. We agree. Lol of the day. We saw yesterday that there's only really one way. Actually, there's two ways to get rid of Steve Smith. You either get him run out of the non-striker's end, um, maybe after a drinks break, or you scone him like Ben Stokes did yesterday, or Johnny Bairstow tried it today. Can you remember? Um, I can't remember who was bowling, but Stoke, uh, Besto was standing back, so it must have been a, a fast bowler. And Steve Smith must have advanced down the wicket. Either way, he was out of his crease for about a millisecond. Besto saw his opportunity, not to run him out, but to knock his block off. So he threw the ball back, pretending to go for the stumps. It slammed into Smith's gut, and uh, well, Smith wasn't very happy about it. Besto kind of apologised and then stopped, and that was my lol of the day see the hitting him did I, I didn't find funny that, I mean that happens and you know I mean people getting hit obviously is funny otherwise most comedy you know Mr Bean wouldn't exist but but what I found funny was Bairstow getting angry in his apology when Smith wasn't accepting it did you see it he seemed to get angrier as Smith was was looking back at him and that there's a certain there's there's something that I always find a little bit funny about almost all human interactions that involve Johnny Bairstow. And in this particular case, there was that anger of, you know, he's always angry at someone. In this case, he was angry at the person he was apologising to, which I just felt quite interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's certainly a lol of the day. Would you say it was lol-worthy? Lols. Mistake of the day. Yeah, I think mistake of the day was... um, that period when uh, England could have taken the new ball straight away, not a lot was happening. They were bowling with the two off spinners to Wade, but but Moen Ali couldn't get it close enough. So all the pressure was being released. That uh, I think at one stage, um, Joe Root was all over Wade, but Moen Ali was releasing the pressure. I think once the new ball came, they had to go straight back to the seamers and try and take the new wickets. It's not a big mistake. It was only five or six overs um, by the time uh, they took the new ball, I think. And then Smith did go out not long afterwards. But I just think that that was maybe the very last last chance that they had they'd taken that new ball straight away hopefully got Smith straight away they could have maybe run through that 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 middle order a little bit with that new ball 
as it was as it was the case, England just looked defeated. They looked defeated by their plan um, to use the offspin, and then when they got the wicket, they didn't seem that excited. So, you know, m- maybe I'm just looking too much into it, and, and maybe they were already defeated and it didn't matter, but just seeing that their plan A didn't work, their plan B didn't work, their plan C didn't work, and then they made a mistake with plan, what, what letter am I up to, Q? E, I think. Okay. Moment of the day. It's Steve Smith, isn't it? I mean, everything's Steve Smith. It's always Steve Smith. Uh, you, you literally have a moment, as I said earlier, where he, he's saved the match or won the match in two different innings at this time. What a phenomenal cricketer he is. And uh, it, it, it does feel like he's not of, our, not of our world. And, you know, it's one thing to be really, really good at something and be as good as or slightly better than a bunch of other people who are that good. But to be that much better than other people who are that much better than everyone else is just a phenomenal thing for me. Yep, I can't uh, beat that. So uh, that's pretty much it for today's podcast. The following on uh, podcast will be back after day five. Will it be at this time of the night? If it is, then England survive. If it's any earlier, it's Advantage Australia going to Lords. Uh, thanks for listening. You can subscribe and download from Acast or on iTunes. You're listening to Following On. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 